Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis from Elsevier, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the pandemic and beyond. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Carice. A few weeks ago, I was standing on a mountaintop in Maine, taking in the stunning view, hearing the rustling breeze, and enjoying the smell of a patch of lavender at my feet. Actually, picked up a lavender flower and brought it to my nose to inhale deeply and enjoy that. And it was honestly one of the nicest experiences I'd had all summer. Then I took off the scent-enhanced virtual reality headset I was wearing that made that rich experience possible. And remember, I was actually standing in the offices of OVR Technology in Burlington, Vermont. The company is a leader in olfactory virtual reality and augmented reality. And we have two key members of the OVR team with us today to help us understand why adding scent to VR matters, how they do it, and what the applications are for health and wellness, among other things. CEO Aaron Wisniewski is with us. He's a pioneer in the smell and taste industry with multiple successful company and product launches. As co-founder of OVR, he's worked to digitize the sense of smell for metaverse applications, health and wellness, education, social connection, and entertainment. And we're also joined by Dr. Rachel Hers. She's a neuroscientist and olfaction expert who is OVR's chief scientific advisor. She's also a TEDx speaker, faculty member at Brown University and Boston College, and published author of both books and numerous research publications. And it's great to have both of you with us. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us here. Thank you. Great to be here. I actually had the pleasure of meeting you guys a couple of weeks ago at your offices when I was doing that great experience I just described. So I came to know a little bit about your backgrounds, but our audience is starting from scratch. So love to hear about your career journeys. And uh, Aaron, perhaps we can start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So my love for fascination with obsession with scent actually started as a passion for food and flavor. Started my career as a chef with some food science background. And as some of us may know, our perception of flavor when we eat and drink is about 90, 95% smell. We only have five tastes, but we can smell trillions of different things. So as my interest in smell um, grew over the years, it led me from being a chef to a sommelier, to a mixologist, to the flavor and fragrance industry, where I started my first flavor and fragrance company in 2013, named Alice Magician. And as I learned more about scents, I became more and more fascinated about scents effect over our emotions, cognition, and our behavior. And as the world around me became increasingly digital and also increasingly virtual, I became more fascinated in how smell might be digitized and how it can benefit us in those digital and virtual environments. That all makes sense. Dr. Hurst, what first got you interested in uh, psychology? I believe that's your background and then scent. And what was the path that led you to work with these guys? Yeah, so actually my undergraduate degree was in biology primarily, as was my master's thesis. But it was while I was doing that research that I realized that I was really interested in humans <laughs> and also was trying to really figure out how I could bring together the training that I'd had in learning theory and emotion through the, the track of biology with my interest in people and sort of realized that one of the best ways to do that actually was to study the sense of smell. 
And in particular, to go to a question that had always personally fascinated me, which is whether or not there is a special and privileged connection between our sense of smell and our past personal memories. You know, the sort of Proust experience where you smell something and all of a sudden you're transported back in time and space. And the short answer is yes. <laughs> so that's what I ended up doing my PhD thesis on. And Kind of the rest is history in terms of my personal academic career and professional career. But it was a few years ago when actually Aaron and his coworker Sarah reached out to me as a consultant to work on some projects that they were doing. And this was a new company in the digital sphere. And I've had some past experience because digitizing sense, this is a, is it the first time anyone's ever thought about this, but all the previous iterations have, have really been flops. And meeting Aaron and listening to and discovering what their technology was all about and seeing that it actually really works was really you know wonderful to, to really come across and see and that what they're doing and their approach completely aligns with what I've been studying for my entire career in terms of the psychology and biology of the sense of smell. So it was a perfect fit between business and science for me to get together with them. Well, that's great. And we'll get into the technology in a minute. But first, let me stay with you, Rachel. And have you explained to us why scent is so central to the human experience? Aaron mentioned emotions, cognition, behavior. It connects to so much of, of who we are. Help us understand that. Yes. Yeah, so the sense of smell neuroanatomically is uniquely connected to the part of the brain that processes emotion and memory. In fact, the primary olfactory cortex is the conjoined structures of the amygdala and the hippocampus, which is where emotion and emotional memory and various other forms of associative learning takes place in the brain. So no other sensory system has this direct and unique connection to that part of the brain and actually has a dual task. So this same part of the brain is doing two things. It's both smelling it's learning, it's experiencing, and it's creating memories. So this is something that's really unique about the sense of smell. And what is really important about that is because it is so fundamentally involved in how we think, how we feel, how we act, that bringing the sense of smell in to environments like VR and AR has a really special effect because it is more connected to how we have these sort of very visceral responses to the world around us than any of our other senses is. And in fact, there have been real you know, research studies which have tangibly shown quite directly that adding the sense of smell, adding experiences that are scented to VR tangibly increases presence and immersion and the key factors that everybody is looking for when they experience a VR environment. Yeah, and I have to say that perfectly describes the experience that I had. And, and I guess moving into the tech of this a little bit, Aaron, I'm just so curious how you were able to produce subtle changes. You know, as I brought that lavender flower that I described to my nose, it, the scent became, you know, much more intense. There's another scenario that Jesse, who I should thank, by the way, for doing a great job demonstrating all this for me and helping me out. You have a, a rose that I picked out of a, a bed of dirt and you can smell the dirt end of it and then immediately switch to the flower end of it and you can smell the rose. So how are you able to to make that sense of place in this virtual reality, you know, connect to the intensity of the smell? Sure. So there's a few kind of pieces working together to create a multisensory experience that your brain kind of perceives as making sense. So there's a, a hardware component, which is our micro technology that's able to produce very, very small, precise amounts of scent at a time. And that allows us to turn scent on and turn scent off 
in just a few hundred milliseconds, which has never been done before. So you're able to interact with your environment and perceive the smells of your environment at a rate that we kind of perceive as zero latency. Whereas in the past, if you release a smell into the air, it lingers in the air and then you release another one and they can mix together and create either a confusing or sometimes unpleasant experience. So the microtechnology, its precision is important. And the other important thing is that this is a wearable technology. Mm -hmm. So the scent is being dispersed fairly close to your nose, which allows us to, to make those changes very rapidly. The second component is actually a software component. And the software component really understands your behavior in the virtual world and then tells the, the wearable device what sense to release at what time. And as Rachel alluded to, scent is more effective the more kind of context you give it. So you're able to create these associations or bring up memories of associations. And one of the ways we do that is through the spatial feature that you experience, where as you bring uh, virtual assets closer to your nose, you begin to smell them and smell them more intensely the closer they get. So having that spatial element is an incredible way for your brain to associate not only the smell with a particular moment, but with an action, an object, and an experience. So that's something that we're particularly proud of in the software framework. Rachel, did you have something you wanted to add? Yes, thanks. So what I just wanted to sort of reiterate with respect to what Aaron was talking about with respect to association is something that people mostly think is that, oh, I hate the smell of skunk. That's innate. I love the smell of rose. That's, you know, innate response. But actually, it's all based on learning and our past experiences with a scent. So it's just as possible to have an experience with a scent be due to our past as it is to be able to create an association right now or in the future in terms of our experience with scent. So really kind of wanted to underscore this issue with respect to association and how it's very changeable. It can happen anytime. We don't just have to go back to childhood memories. It can occur anytime in our life. And what OVR is capable of doing is creating those associations right now for use in the future. Yeah. And Rachel, that's also a great segue into our kind of our theory, our philosophy of digital scent and how we actually create the scents themselves. Now, what you experienced was uh, some familiar sense, the marshmallow, the rose. And that was really to kind of orient you to, to like, what are the mechanics? What is it like to smell something in virtual reality and kind of how does it work? But what we're really interested in is not recreating the smells of the world that we're already used to, but rather kind of reimagining or reinventing smell and creating a, an alphabet or a set of primary aromas that can create the variety and complexity that we're used to in the real world, in the digital world, without necessarily replicating the exact smells or experiences. Because what we want to do is create new experiences, new associations in virtual and digital environments that may be reminiscent of something that we're used to, but since it's limitless in the metaverse, we wanted to be able to recreate a very extensive variety of digitally native or digitally unique sensory experiences. And so the way that we've designed our, our scent cartridge, which is kind of how the technology works, is that we have nine, what we call like primary or, or, or categories of aroma you know, ozonic, um, smoky, floral, citrusy, these kind of archetypal categories that you can mix together in different combinations, permutations, and concentrations to create new complex odors that 
are either familiar or maybe reminiscent of something in the virtual experience, but are completely new. So you're not necessarily bringing in your previous memories or associations, but rather generating new unique ones in the same way that we do throughout our physical lives. We're kind of replicating the process, but not duplicating the experiences. Well, right. Because lavender might be, might have a bad association for somebody, you know. Exactly. And especially as we kind of talk about what might be some of the the health, wellness, and clinical applications, we really have to be, or whoever is applying the therapies have to be really careful not to trigger negative or undesired memories or emotions inadvertently. Yeah. So he put me in a scenario where you had the floating orbs. So I think this is what you were talking about, where you guys had invented a smell and I picked up, I think it was the purple one. And it was a smell that entirely created by you guys. It was in a meditation scenario, an ocean or something like that. And this is where you were building the association, I take it, so that I associate that smell with calm and peace. And so whenever that's delivered to me, I can get into that frame of mind. Do I have that right? 100%. And just to add to that, one of the other issues is that if you tell people or people are expecting, okay, you're going to get lavender, or you're going to get vanilla, and it doesn't match what their personal experience of lavender or vanilla is, they get upset and they don't <laughs> follow along with whatever it is that they might have normally associated to it. And it's like, this isn't quite right. And I was, you know, my lavender is like this. So rather than worrying about the fact that there are all these various differences in our experience with scent, and actually every Everyone has a unique nose, biologically speaking. There's no two individuals, unless you have an identical twin, who actually has the same exact receptors expressed in your nose that detect the various chemicals that are the sense that we perceive. So everyone is going to have a slightly different variation in terms of the pure sensory component, and then also in terms of past associations and experience component. So rather than worrying about how to get that right for everyone, which is basically impossible, creating this novel universe of scent is really the way to go. And that's why OVR works so well. <laughs> yeah. So um, as I think you, you folks know, our audience has a lot of med students and health profession students and early career practitioners. So I, I wanted to pivot to applications of this, particularly in the health and uh, wellness space. And we were getting into that already. So, Rachel, can you help us understand how this can be applied, how it is being applied? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, OVR is a tool that creates a multi-sensory environment and uniquely bringing in the sense of smell with that. But, you know, it has a variety of different wellness applications. And some of the ones that I've started to look at are its potential in, for example, either the treatment or prevention of post-traumatic stress responses. Also, in terms of dealing with people who have chronic pain and working to alleviate the sort of negative emotions around that experience or the focus on, oh, you know, this is hurting and how to use that as a method for treating people with chronic pain. Also in terms of alleviating anxiety as an adjunctive treatment for people who have depression and basically the whole range of mood disorders. So it can really be used as sort of an addition to other forms of therapy as a mechanism to enhance wellness in a variety of these kinds of spheres, but also even in areas that are physical because the sense of smell is so tied to our physical health as well. So there's a real dimension that this can go down into our immune health and responses and all kinds of other aspects that uh, there's really an enormous potential. And Aaron, you, were, you and I were talking about applications in a clinical setting. Substance use disorder was one that you mentioned. Can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, there's kind of like two ways that I'll, I'll talk about that. As Rachel mentioned, you know, we are a, a tool that enables the creators of these digital experiences or the clinicians that apply them. Two studies that we were involved in that I think can speak to this that are that are really interesting was one was the University of Medical Center here was done in the Department of Clinical Psychiatry, where they were taking some self-reported data from inpatients who were experiencing pain, stress, and anxiety of some sort. So all of them did a, a few of these eight-minute experiences per week that were similar to what you experienced, which was a, a non-gamified nature experience, and you know wrote down their levels of pain, stress, and anxiety on a scale of one to 10, right before, right after, and then about three hours after. And the average reported feelings of pain, stress, and anxiety went from a nine beforehand down to a three afterwards. And what's also really interesting is that three hours later, they were still at a three. So it might not just be distraction. There might be some, you know, learning that's taking place or some associations that are taking place in there. Then another study that was commissioned by a major CPG company actually also took into account biometric data and brain imaging and compared olfactory virtual reality to regular virtual reality and saw you know, a market increase in happiness, a decrease in feelings of depression, actually a decrease in blood pressure, and also in the brain imaging, whereas the brain looked more or less the same in regular VR, there's a flood of gamma activity in uh, olfactory virtual reality. Now, none of this indicate any, you know, we're not a medical company, none of this really indicates anything in particular, but we think they're really interesting signals that this could have a lot of potential for, for wellness. And in fact, it's being used at a number of detox and rehab facilities as a non-pharmacological intervention, both in the acute detox phase for people to kind of shut down the negative sensory input that they're feeling and replace it with some positive multisensory but then also ongoing in the treatment as a tool to practice methods like mindfulness, breathing exercise, and meditation. And what the technology in combination with Scent does is it takes the pressure off of the individual to do all the work, right? We can kind of offload some of that work to the technology. And then using Scent, as Rachel mentioned, as a tool to both elicit positive feelings and emotions and, and thinking, and also create that association so over time, the scent then becomes even more powerful through kind of this compounding effect. Mm. I'm just imagining, you know, a nurse, let's say, in the middle of a busy shift, she has a 20-minute break. She can go into that very busy nurse's break room where everybody's eating lunch and scurrying about, put this unit on and get into a meditative space. And and even in 10 minutes, just sort of be able to detach from what's going on. And I'm saying all this with burnout in the back of my mind, that this could be some some help in addressing that problem? Well, there's actually been some studies which have looked at this directly, sort of having these very short, immersive experiences as a way of having people be able to relax at work and then be able to be rejuvenated and go back to work in a in a much more efficient and happy mentality. And, and they've shown real success. So there's definitely sort of not taking OBR's technology specifically, but the concepts behind it and applying them to studies that have already been done, this totally suggests that this would be a perfect way of doing it. And because the OVR technology is so portable and manageable and personalizable, this could be something that 
someone could have, you know, they could even go sit in their car for 10 minutes and then come back in and feel completely rejuvenated. And this could be at work or even at home. <laughs> I need to escape and then I'll come back and, and everything will be okay. So there's, there's really a very wide range of applications for the OVR technology in everyday life, wellness, and uh, human health. I even remember during the like pre-study at UVM when one of the nurses was learning to use the equipment so she could administer it. You know, she was put it on, was in there for four or five minutes and she took it off and was like, I mean, this is mid pandemic too. So she was like, that was the first time I felt relaxed in six months. Yeah, I can believe it. So yeah, to both of your points, I, I think that the like anecdotally and in the research too, it indicates that there's some potentially real powerful uses for this. So as you folks know, we're a teaching company. We love to fill knowledge gaps. We love to have our guests give us some direction and say, you know, osmosis, I wish people understood X better, whether it's med students or just the general public, and you should make a video about that. What, what would that be? Something that's been so frustrating to me throughout my career is how little people know and understand about the sense of smell and how much it is just dismissed overall across the board as really the sense that people would care least about if they lost. In fact, I just published a study this past year showing that 25% of college students would rather keep their cell phone than their sense of smell. And it was just sort of, this is in the wake of COVID that even with all the public knowledge about the quality of life declines that are experienced with people who have lost their sense of smell becoming much more part of the general public's awareness, still people really just don't pay attention to it and they don't care about it and they don't know about it. So having a deeper understanding really about how the sense of smell works and how it is involved in so many facets of our life, physiologically, psychologically, socially, emotionally, it's you know a part of our sense of self even. I mean, people who've lost their sense of smell can speak to all the ways that their lives have been changed by losing this sense, but people don't recognize any of those things until unfortunately they have that experience if they do, but otherwise just go sort of anosmically through life as we're sort of blind to the fact that their sense of smell is really giving them the fabric of their existence in so many ways. I mean, from personal relationships to intellectual performance, it, it really runs the gamut in our life. And people should know that <laughs> there should be more courses. There should be more sort of direct study of the importance of the sense of smell. Aaron, what would you say? The exact same thing, but I wouldn't have said it as well. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I might add, and I think this is just because of the, the position we're in, is that whether we call it the metaverse or or VR, AR, you know, whatever we want to call it, the kind of the direction that things are going is going to have a profound impact on every aspect of our lives, including our health and our wellness, everything from, you know, biofeedback and telemedicine. And I think that there's huge potential there, but because it's early stage, how it kind of plays out and how it gets used will be a product of who's involved in designing it and who are the architects of this space. And so for the same reason I echo Rachel and that I would love for people to become more familiar with and value their sense of smell more, I think getting involved in these immersive technologies and understanding them and and how we can maximize the human benefit from using them is, is a huge thing right now. I mean, the people who adopted early are going to, to have a great influence over how this space looks and feels and behaves. Yeah, and I can imagine there's some med students listening right now, 
or maybe turned on to the idea a little bit of getting in and, and, and helping to shape how this is applied in clinical settings. I love that. Well, listen, this has been so educational and enjoyable. I want to thank you again for having me out to your office and thank Jesse for bringing me through that experience. And I wish you all the luck with this. It's really fascinating. Thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. It was great to be here. I'm Michael Carice. Thanks for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to raise the line and strengthen the healthcare system. We're all in this together. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our episodes at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>